Hello and welcome to the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. I'm Helly and I'm here to provide regular bursts of information and inspiration, some neuroscience applicable to eating disorder recovery, perhaps a few rants, but otherwise lots of positivity with a bit of a Feck It attitude, some fun and a sprinkling of fabulousness to help everyone find freedom in recovery. Well, hello there and welcome to this episode of the Feck It Fun, Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. As you know, I am Helly and I talk about eating disorders, what they are, that they are a brain-based addiction to energy deficit and what you need to do to overcome them, whether you use an abstinence approach to giving up restriction and giving up all those other eating disorder behaviours and compensatory behaviours, or whether you go by a moderation approach. And I've done episodes all about that in the past, and it's all in my book, Addicted to Energy Deficit, and it's also in the blog posts on my website, so you can learn all about that if you don't know what I'm talking about. Welcome then to this episode. I hope you're doing well today and that you're not feeling too frustrated or fed up or down in the dumps that the eating disorder is still there and it's still so hard to make yourself do the things that you really deep down want to be able to do but that still can feel impossible in the moment. Keep bashing away at it. Keep pushing yourself to eat more. Keep pushing yourself to rest more and keep pushing yourself to abstain from all the other behaviours that you might use otherwise. And it will become more possible to keep doing those things the more that you do it. It is hard, and it is emotional, and it is frustrating as heck at times, but you can get through this. And the more you make those big changes, the easier it can actually be to keep making more bigger changes. But that's not what this episode is about. Oh no. In the last episode, I started to talk about overcoming eating disorders when you're in mid or later life. And that's a series that I'm going to be doing more on. And this episode isn't just specifically targeted at people in mid or later life. This is for everybody, no matter what state of life you are. So welcome if you're 10 years old or if you're 100 years old and everything in between. You're very welcome here. And this episode is for you, no matter what age you are. But in the last episode, I did talk a little bit about self-identity and how much, how you identify and what your self-identity is can impact on you when you have an eating disorder and when you're trying to overcome an eating disorder. And in order to overcome an eating disorder, you do need to really reflect on your self-identity and how much the eating disorder has been a part of your self-identity during the years that you've had an eating disorder. And allow that identity that is all tied up in the eating disorder to go so that you can build a new identity that's completely free of anything to do with eating disorders or diet culture or trying to shrink your body into a shape and size that it was never supposed to be because your body will be at its most beautiful and fabulous and your life will be the most beautiful and fabulous 
when you are not suppressing your body and you are not suppressing your life in those ways. So yeah, this episode is about self-identity and it's something that I think is really important for everybody to really reflect on and think about as they're going through this process of overcoming the eating disorder. And it's often something that when you're in the eating disorder, when you're in that eating disorder self-identity, it's actually very hard to realise how much of your identity is encompassed in the eating disorder. Because it's just part of who you are. And it's part of how you believe and how you think and how you act. And it's part of what feels right to you. And it's hard until you're outside of that and on the other side, or as you're losing that identity, it's hard to really appreciate how strong it was to start with. So if you're listening to this and thinking, no, that's not me. No, my identity has nothing to do with an eating disorder. No, she's wrong. Just hold back those doubts for a moment and just give yourself the chance to open your mind up to the possibility that the eating disorder is a lot more encompassed in all kinds of ways within you than you might allow yourself to believe or allow yourself to touch on. Because when you have had an eating disorder for any length of time, you will develop deeply embedded brain circuits that drive the addictive behaviours. And when that's happening, as you're developing this eating disorder and it's becoming more and more entrenched month after month, year after year of following these behaviours, and those brain circuits are becoming so hardwired, at the same time, there's what they call pruning in your brain circuits that drive behaviours and thought pathways that you're no longer using. And so that then results in the strongest brain pathways in your brain relating to the pursuit of your drug. And for you, your drug is energy deficit. So your brain develops these pathways that are so focused and so fast at pursuing energy deficit, whether that's through restriction, whether it's through exercise, whether it's through purging or using laxatives, or whether it's just through making you feel really, really bad about your body so that you want to shrink it even more. All of those things become so hardwired and so automatic in your brain so that your brain can get that drug of energy deficit that it craves. And once that's occurred, once those brain pathways have become so deeply entrenched and automatic, your primary thoughts and feelings will relate to that addiction and how to pursue it. And so it's only natural that that has an impact on your personality and on your self-identity. And if you know me, then you know that I've had an eating disorder as well. So I'm not saying this to be critical of anybody or to be judging of anybody because it happened to me as well. I was just as entrenched and only focused on eating disorder life restriction, movement. How could I make sure I was only eating within my set rules that day? How could I make sure I got in all the movement I needed to do that day? How could I keep my body weight suppressed that day? That was where my brain was focused primarily. And yes, I had a job outside that. Yes, I had some outside interests outside that. 
But that all came secondary to that pursuit of energy deficit. And that's what an eating disorder brain will do to you. When you develop an eating disorder, it's not uncommon to find that you lose your previous sense of identity and you develop an identity related to the eating disorder to a greater or lesser extent. And for some of you, you might even have started to label yourself as anorexic or bulimic, or perhaps in relation to a strong behavior that's actually driven by the eating disorder, for example, as being the runner or the healthy eater or whatever it might be. And some people who have entrenched eating disorders also develop their careers around the behaviours in such a way that it drives a stronger identity and sense of self around their compulsions. So an example of this can be people with a strong exercise compulsion can go into jobs in the fitness world, perhaps as a personal trainer or a yoga teacher. Or some people also pursue professional sports because they're so compelled to keep exercising. And those career choices allow them to engage in those very addictive and damaging behaviours in a manner that actually appears very applaudable. And restrictive eating disorders can also naturally make people food-obsessed because of their ongoing state of semi-starvation. And so because of that, some people enter jobs in nutrition or choose to work with food as chefs or they work in bakeries. And that drives an identity towards one that is food-focused, teaching others how to eat or feeding others while eating restrictively and in very disordered ways themselves. Another way in which you might have created a greater sense of identity around the eating disorder is from the social groups or communities you belong to. So it might be that you move in social circles with people who are all into a certain sports pursuit, such as running. And if the people you spend time with go out running every day, and that forms much of your conversation and how you spend time together with these friends, it can promote a strong running identity in you as well. Despite the fact that for you, running is a compulsive habit arising from a powerful eating disorder. And other forms of community that can have an impact on your self-identity with an eating disorder are also those set up to support people with eating disorders. Peer support groups can be invaluable to people who are attempting to overcome an eating disorder as they offer support from others who are going through the same or those who have been there themselves. But they can also strengthen your sense of identity as eating disordered. And if those groups become your strongest form of social connection, then it can then be very hard, if you're otherwise quite isolated, to want to move away from that. And in some cases, that can then result in these groups having the opposite effect to that intended, making it harder for you to give up a self-identity that still holds on to that eating disorder. Because self-identity is powerful, and when you identify as something, it can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So if you do identify as an anorexic or eating disordered, it can make you feel resigned to that fate, believing that it's impossible for you to change. 
And if you self-identify in that way for long enough, you might stop being able to envision or believe in any alternative identity for yourself. And that can then be quite damaging. So it's really important that you're able to recognize how you self-identify at the moment, recognize how much of the eating disorder is within your self-identity and start to shift that. And unfortunately, the medical model of treating addictions and eating disorders can also exacerbate this issue of self-identity because it can disempower people. When you're given a label as the patient, which you are when you go into any eating disorder treatment facility, it can leave you feeling disempowered when it comes to owning your recovery. And as you know, if you listen to any of my podcasts or read my books, you know that I talk a lot about how important it is that you are empowered in giving up the eating disorder, that you are owning your process in giving up the eating disorder, that you're in charge of it. But when you're being treated as the anorexic or bulimic patient, it can make you much less trusting in your own abilities to overcome the addictive behaviours yourself. And that can leave you believing that you have to follow instructions rather than create your own future goals and aspiring to achieve them on your own terms. And I'm not trying to say this to deter you from entering treatment if that's what you need to do. But if you do enter treatment, it's important that you hold on to your sense of your own identity beyond the role of a patient or someone with an eating disorder. Hold on to who you are as an individual outside of the eating disorder, outside of being a patient going through treatment, because it matters. So how then do you address your self-identity? Well, first of all, you need to remember you are not the eating disorder. You are not the addiction and you are not the behaviours you engage in, no matter how compulsively. That is not you. Recognise that the eating disorder is giving you a life that you do not want as part of your future. Identify all the ways the eating disorder and the addictive behaviours related to it are ruining your life. And even if there are ways in which you feel the eating disorder makes you quite comfortable and you think, Yes, but I actually really like exercise. And yes, but I quite like the fact that I can be so controlling with my food. Recognise all the ways the eating disorder is ruining your life. Because if there weren't ways in which it was ruining your life, you wouldn't be listening to this. And take ownership of the fact that you want things to be different. Because I know that deep, deep down... The real you, buried deep inside you, does want things to be different. And tell yourself that those behaviours and the eating disorder driving them are not who you are and they will not be part of your future life. Build a desire to pursue new goals or perhaps to rediscover old goals that have got lost over time and focus on those using them to help formulate who you are and who you can be. Believe in your ability to achieve those goals outside the eating disorder and begin to move towards them. And also think about the language you use. Perhaps you refer to 
my eating disorder when you talk about it or when other people talk to you about your eating disorder. That implies that the eating disorder is a part of you. And it can help to begin to think of the eating disorder as something that's detached from you. Refer to it as the eating disorder. It's not something that you have or want ownership of. And just that change in how you think about it and refer to it can be a powerful way to disassociate from it. And likewise, when you notice yourself identifying as the person with the eating disorder or even as the bulimic or any other labels you might attach in that regard, stop and say to yourself, that is not who I am now. Then continue to move towards your future with the belief that you have the self-control to overcome these addictive behaviours and have the future that you are starting to build away from the eating disorder away from any identity attached to it. But during this time of shaking off the old eating disorder identity and building yourself a new and empowering identity, it's likely that for a time you're going to feel something of an identity crisis. And that's when you lose what you've known with the eating disorder and when you're still grappling to find who you're becoming and who you're going to be without an eating disorder. And it can feel as if you enter a state of limbo land for a time. A state of just, I don't know who I am. I don't know what I'm doing anymore. If I'm not eating restrictively and compulsively exercising and purging and trying to control my body weight, what am I doing with my life? What am I? Who am I? What am I? I just don't know. It's okay to feel like that. It's okay to grapple with that sense of identity, with that feeling that, I don't know if I can cope with the eating disorder not being there because I don't know who I am without it. It's okay to feel a little bit scared and lost in that time. But that time is really important. It's important to allow that time of feeling a bit in limbo and a bit lost for a while. Just stay with it and as you progress, you will build a new sense of who you are without an eating disorder. And that will be made up of parts of who you used to be before the eating disorder, but it will also be with the strength, resilience, knowledge and wisdom that you have gained from having lived with an eating disorder and having been through the process of overcoming it and having learnt to tune in to your authentic self more than most people ever get to do in their lives. So trust the process Trust that you will become the person you should always have been. And you will be so bloody amazing when you get through this. You will be one of the most fabulous and free people out there. Because you beat the eating disorder, because you no longer have an identity at all tied up in an eating disorder, and because, quite frankly, you are already fabulous and you're just going to become more so. So I hope that's helped. If you'd like to know more about me, you'll find me on hellybarns.com. And in the meantime, go be fabulous. Shake off that eating disorder identity. Eat, rest, let your body gain weight. Yes, it can be horrible. Yes, it can feel crappy at times and you might not like it, but you will cope with it and you will be okay. And it will be so very worth it when you no longer have an idea identity that is at all related to eating disorders and is one that you really 
feel is authentically yours instead. Have a great week. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Feck It Fun Fabulous and Free Eating Disorder Recovery Podcast. Don't forget, eating disorder recovery doesn't have to be boring and doesn't have to be serious. Now go and grab yourself some food and have a fabulous rest of the day.